y'all. Welcome back to another episode of Chats in the Blog Cabin, the show where I invite people into the blog cabin to chat about life. I'm Melissa, and I'm your host. Today, I'm chatting with Kat. Um, She owns a local company here in the Raleigh, North Carolina area called Bella Ruth Co. And it's really great because we actually connected through Lauren from Joy Worthy Co., who I actually interviewed uh, uh, like uh, about a month or so ago. Um, I'll put the link to the show notes of the episode if you want to listen to the episode where where I interviewed Lauren. And Lauren kind of connected us because we both kind of teach with, like I said before, with Joy Worthy Co., and it's really great how Lauren kind of builds both of us up and you'll hear in this conversation. So I hope you really enjoy this conversation. And I hope if anything, if you don't get anything else out of it, it's to su- support local businesses. Um, local mom and pop businesses are really struggling during this time of COVID. I mean, they a lot of them had to go out of business and they're still struggling now to get back on their feet. So if you can support local, by all means, support your local mom and pop shops. So thank you for being, um, for listening. And you know what I need you to do? That's right. Start listening. another edition of chats from the blog cabin i am joined by kat mcdaniel kat and i have something in common we both teach classes with joyworthy co with lauren so kat before we talk about what you teach tell us who you are uh so my name is uh kat mcdaniel as she said um i grew up in northern virginia and i moved around to the, the carolinas in my uh late teens early 20s i settled in raleigh north carolina in 2019, um, my husband and I got married in October of 2019, and then you know the good old pandemic hit, and uh, everything kind of changed. And it allowed me—I lost my job during the pandemic. I work in restaurants, and uh, it allowed me to really use my creative side. And like, I had all this free time that I never had before, and I had a lot of friends uh, starting to start their families. And we talked about like things for their nurseries. And my mother and I had made a um, macrame wall hanging to be the backdrop of my wedding. And my one best friend called me to tell me that she was pregnant in May of last year. And um, we talked about her decor for her nursery. And I was like, oh, well, let me make you a macrame wall hanging for your nursery. She sent me some Pinterest uh, pictures that she had and then it kind of snowballed and a bunch of my friends saw it on Instagram and on Facebook and they all wanted me to start making them things. And then people pushed me to start my own business. And that was how Bella Ruth Co. was born. Now, let's talk about the name Bella Ruth Co. Where did that come from? 
So I always got to visit with my grandmothers and my grandfathers too. Um, over the summer, we would always spend, my mom and would meet my grandparents halfway and they would drop me off for a whole week and I'd like hang out with my grandparents. And both sets of my grandparents really allowed me to be super creative. We did all kinds of art projects together. And so when I was trying to come up with a name that I wanted my business to be called. I wanted it. I didn't want it to be something that was like macrame specific. I've always been pretty crafty. I like to dabble in embroidery and, and needlework and stuff like that. So I wanted my name to be something that could blanket over a bunch of different um, crafts that I like to do. And so I thought, well, what better than the women that started it all for me, my grandmothers. So my grandmother's names are Muriel, Isabella, and Marjorie Ruth. So my business is named after them, their middle names. I love that. Now Thank you. Now you just said that macrame, you wanted something that would encompass everything. So tell us your visions for Bella Ruth, because obviously you just stated right there that you have, you want to do more than macrame. So. Well, so right now I've been just making, well, to start it all, I was just making like wall hangings for friends and then plant hangers for friends. And then who we have in common, Lauren reached out to me and was asking me about hosting workshops. And I was like, man, this sounds great. Like, I don't know though. Like, does anyone really want to take a class from me and how to do this? And she pushed me and made me feel like, okay, I could do this. And I really enjoyed teaching the workshops. So like, that's something that I love to teach people how to do things. And I didn't realize how much I loved to do that. So like adding more workshops into it, into the mix. And then when I first started um, doing some pop-up markets throughout the Raleigh area, I was bringing some embroidery hoops and stuff like that. And I still get people that message me every once in a while asking me to hand embroider like a jacket for them. Like right now I have two jackets that thankfully they're two good friends of mine. So they're, they're, they know that I'm in a busy season right now. So they're not like, cat, where's my stuff? <laughs> but <laughs> I have uh, two jackets right now that I'm supposed to be hand embroidering for some friends. And I just, you know, I just like to, I don't want to push myself into one little corner. I want to be able to do all kinds of things with it. I love that. Now, I wish I had known you when my daughter got married because I was looking for someone to do an embroidery for some handkerchiefs that were my dad for oh. her to carry down the aisle and I couldn't find it. I ended up having to stitch it myself and I did I did a so-so job. It wasn't a professional job, but still. But it was that's even better though cuz you did it. So that's even like another connection for that. Which by the way, your family in the opening credits, they're so cute. I love your family. <laughs> it's so cute. They are a mess. <laughs> so you, you talked about, you know, starting this with the pandemic. So obviously you had to shift your whole mindset during the pandemic. And did you think that you were going to just do macrame from then, that point on? Or did you think you were going to go back to the restaurant business? I wasn't sure. I, you know, I was hoping with everything, like the restaurant group that I work for, they tried to stay open for a couple weeks after the shutdown happened and do like takeout only. And they were running with a really small staff and they just knew that that wasn't something that was going to be good for everyone working there's mental health because everyone would be just working nonstop. They wouldn't really get a break. So they made the hard decision to just close and they weren't open for any kind of takeout or anything. They just applied for some of the grants and the loans that were happening for small businesses and were hoping that they would get them so that they could eventually like start paying their staff again. 
Um, so I just kind of was trying to figure out what I could do that would allow me to still go back to the restaurant whenever it opened, but it allowed me to use my creative side. Cause you like, you know, you get into a, mm-hmm. you get into a groove with your job and it doesn't really allow for any of your creative stuff to happen. And, and I just, I, I would make t-shirts, like, this is when I would make, like, t-shirts for my friends. Like, I would embroider some stuff for them, and we would all have, like, cute little pizzas. We work at a a fancy pizza restaurant, so we all had, like, little pizzas on our shirts and stuff. And, (laughs) like, so I would do some stuff like that, but it wasn't, um, I didn't get to, like, really give myself to my creative side. And being closed and having all of this free time, it just really allowed me to explore that side. Like I always knew that I was crafty and, you know, we had made the backdrop for my wedding and that was so great. Like being able to do that. I did it with my mom. My mom came down and uh, from Virginia and we made that together in a weekend and it was so much fun. And I... I just didn't, I had always really enjoyed like going to pop-up markets and, and shopping small and, and helping local businesses blossom and being able to be on the other side of that then was really cool. And, and it was something that I was, I was glad I had a lot of friends that did like leave the industry altogether, leave the restaurant industry and find a nine to five job and do something that's out of the restaurant world. But I kind of knew in the back of my mind that I would go back to restaurants because it would allow me to still do Belarusco without making the terrifying commitment of just doing Belarusco. <laughs> so I am back at the restaurant now. We're, we're back open. Um, and they've been really great about letting me um, have weekends off and when I'm teaching a workshop or I'm going to a market. So it's, it's been the best of both worlds now that we've reopened. That was going to be my next question is how do you balance it? Because obviously you're balancing your small business, working for someone else. And then you talk about being married as well. So how do you balance all three of those? Cause that's, it, it's gotta be trying times sometimes, right? It's, it's hard. It's I, I will tell you that I took on way too much for the month of May. Um, and I luckily have a really great support system with my husband, my in-laws, my parents, my, my boss at work is fantastic. Like, This past weekend, I had a market that was from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. And because we're short staffed, because we just we just recently reopened for dine in, um, I was scheduled to work that evening. And my boss reached out to me and said, now, I know you have a really long market today. So if you want the evening off, like I do have someone that's interested in working. And I was like, you know what? I usually never say to have someone cover my shift. But today's going to be the day you're going to get me to say yes. So. I've had to really learn how to balance my time and I'm, I'm never, I've never really been very good at balancing my time. I'm always the person that's like running out of the door with like Mm -hmm. two seconds to spare to get somewhere. So I'm trying to be better at organizing my time and I'm really trying to be better at not taking on too much. Cause if somebody asks me, like if I get an email from a place saying, Hey, do you want to host a workshop with us? Or, Hey, do you want to do this market? I'm like, you know, sure. Yeah, let's do it. I'll make it work. And uh, really, I need to be better about like, okay, no, cat. mentally, you can only really take on like three max markets a month and like one or two workshops so that I can balance the rest of my time. Like I'm not a mom yet. I don't have any children. I do have a dog though. And like he, I want to spend time with him and my husband. And, you know, I have a lot of friends that just recently had babies all within the past 
three weeks, I had four uh, friends or three friends have four children. So one of my friends had twins and the other two had two babies. So there's, there's like, uh, there's a lot of stuff going on that I want to be a part of too. So it's hard for me to say no though, to these opportunities. Cause you know, I want my business to grow and, and it's really hard in the beginning because you, you kind of think you have to take on every single opportunity that comes your way to help you grow. And like, that's something that I've, I've really struggled with um, realizing like boundaries and understanding that like, I don't just saying no to that one market. That's not going to really close that many doors for me. Like I could always say, you know, right now I'm, I'm just a little too busy, but I would love to be thought of for the future. And so I'm getting better at it, but it's been a, it's been a struggle. <laughs> now, how do you balance creating? Because you said you do pop-up markets. So obviously you have to have products. So how do you balance creating the time? Set it, do you set it, side of time to say, Hey, this is my creating time. This nobody bother me. I'm going to create my product during this time. Or do you kind of have people come in and help you do that? How do you balance that? So my mother-in-law has been huge. Um, we, she cuts cords for me. Um, so I will give her like a guide cord and I'll give her a couple spools of cord and I'll say, Hey, I need eight of these cords to make one plant hanger. So as many as you can cut me today, that would be awesome. And she does, she sets me up really good for like being able to just set down. Like, so today for the restaurant that I work for is closed on Mondays and Tuesdays. So those are usually my days to, I try to make one of them like an admin day. That's like, that's been the hardest part of my business is like <laughs> the admin side of it. Like I would much rather just create all day and not have to worry about taxes <laughs> and making sure that I'm ordering enough business cards and stuff like that. Um, responding to emails. Like I get, I saw a meme the other day that was like, I opened your email, I read it, and it's been causing me like huge amounts of dread and like regret ever since because it's taking me so long to respond to you. <laughs> but it's like, like I just just so you know, I'm really anxious about opening this email again. So that's like how I feel with all the admin related stuff. But um, so my mother-in-law usually cuts cords for me over the weekend, and then on Monday and Tuesday I can sit down and or not sit down, I stand up because I have to stand up at a rolling rack and I just crank stuff out. So this week, for example, I'm uh, doing a workshop with Joy Worthy Co. on Saturday. And then on Sunday, I'm doing a market um, at Trophy Brewing Company. So I have, not only do I have to get stuff prepared for the market, but I have to, I cut all the cords for a workshop because I made the mistake one time of letting my husband cut cords and they all turned out to be like somewhere this long, somewhere this long, somewhere this long. And it's like, how did that happen? I don't understand. But my mother-in-law is really good at cutting them. So I don't have to worry about her getting me like all different lengths. But um, yeah, so it's, it's, it's a, I, I try to, I've gone back to like college days of getting a planner and writing out in my planner, like what needs to be done. I was really good. I love a to-do list and I love mm. checking off a to-do list. So I try to make a to-do list, like first thing Monday morning, I'll make it Sunday night. And then I just kind of write down, okay, you need six of this plant hanger for the work for the market. You need 10 of these keychains. You need to have 26 pairs of earrings. And then each day I'll kind of like try to knock one thing off of the list. And, and I try, I try to do the stuff that's more intensive, like at the beginning of the week. And then when I have to work at the restaurant, I have like, you know, I can make my minimalist plant hangers, which take me like 20 minutes of plant hanger to make. So I try to like crank those out in the morning before going to work. Or if I'm not beat when I get home, I can crank out a few before bed. 
So what kind of products do you, you just said earrings, plant hangers, what else do you do? So I make, um, well, I make really large wall hangings too, but I never take those with me to pop-up markets because they're just, people are going to a pop-up market wanting to, um, wanting to support a bunch of these small businesses. Mm -hmm. So if they came to my booth and saw this large wall hanging, that's like somewhere from 100 to $200, then that's usually someone's entire budget that they were going to try and support 10 small businesses with. So I don't usually get a whole lot of people looking for those at markets. So at markets, I take this guy right here, this uh, wall plant hanger. Um, I take a lot of earrings, uh, which I'm wearing a pair of earrings today and um, keychains and like the, the plant hangers that you can hang from like a ceiling hook mm -hmm. or a bracket on the wall, like the ones that hold the larger pots. That's usually what I'll crank out for a pop-up market. Um, but I make like four feet wide wall hangings. Like I have, um, I have two to make in the next two weeks that are on my commission, um, list that I need to get done. Um, one is on a four foot, yeah, four foot, uh, driftwood. And then the other one is on a four foot, uh, dowel. And one is going to be, one's going to be a statement piece in this woman's living room. And the other one's going to be a, like a, a headboard like oh, above wow. someone's bed. So yeah, I make all kinds of stuff like that. And then sometimes I'll make coasters. Those are pretty labor intensive. Like I didn't realize how much time the coasters take. So those are, I have to charge a little bit more for those because they take me a long time, even though people are like, oh, they're just coasters. But no, yeah. it take me, they took me a long time to make. So I kind of, I was taking those, trying to take those to every market and then just realized that because I had to charge more for them because they take me so much longer, they weren't really selling as well. And so instead of spending my time on those, I can crank out like 10 more pairs of earrings, which people tend to love the earrings. And this last market that I did, I actually took stuff with me to make some earrings and people loved seeing me like actively making something at the booth. So I thought that was a pretty cool thing that I might continue to do just to show people like, cause I get the question every time, do you make all of this? at a at a market or at an mm -hmm. event and I'm like yeah I do and uh so I think being able to show them that I'm making it is uh is a nice little added touch do you think you will shift to do, maybe doing a workshop on how to make earrings because you're already doing the plant hangers because I think that would be something too that people would be interested in, in oh learning yeah how to do. oh yeah so there's a there's a store that carries um my things in apex called adventures in bloom and she is someone that does like stamped metal jewelry. And she asked me to, um, uh, to host like a guest workshop with her business. Um, so I did one a couple weeks ago that was a plant hanger. And I guess they had a lot of, they are inquiring like you were about like wanting to make earrings. So I think I'm, I'm getting, I have a date with them in June that I'm probably going to teach how to make a pair of earrings. And then, because earrings won't take up a full two hour workshop time, we're also probably going to make like a small wall hanging that could double as like an earring holder. Um, oh. I don't know if you've seen those before where people mm -hmm. can like put them in between the knots and like, so it's a piece of art and it's also a way to not have your earrings just like how mine are right now, just on a tray on your <laughs> night table or your nightstand. Um, so yeah. So let's talk about your commission piece. How do people get in touch with you for your commission pieces? 
So I have a lot of my past um, large pieces that I've made for family members or friends, and I list them on my Etsy shop as my statement pieces. So you can go there, and there's a couple that you can customize with different colors. Um, I really like to add, like, a pop of color to things. Um, I, I just, like, my husband yells at, not yells at me, but makes fun of me all the time because I'm always constantly getting shipments of cord that are, like, different colors. And he's like, Kat, you had, like, 17 offerings for people. They don't, they don't need that many. And I'm like, yeah, they do. The people want the color. So I'm going to give it to them. <laughs> so I, I, I try to order something new, like, with each season, you know, like, offer something new to people. Um, so there's, there's a way to customize a lot of the large wall hangings and then they can always, um, send me an email or an Instagram message or a Facebook message and say, Hey, I have this idea. I, this is the dimensions that I want it to be. And then what's really great is people can send me like some inspiration photos of like, I've seen this before, like, this is what I like, or they can see on my, uh, Instagram, and my Etsy, they can see stuff that I've made before and be like, I really like that piece and that piece is there a way that you can like merge them together and because i do like to it's nice to have there's it's two sides like it's mm -hmm. great when someone orders something that i've made before because i know exactly how to make it, it i know exactly how long i need to cut the cords it's not going to take me a few days to do it it'll take me more like a few hours to do it so it's better for them and me cost wise but if they want something that's like special and just theirs that like no one else has then that's great too because we can talk talk it out and like I can draw it out now I've had a lot of people ask me before like do I go into like a large wall hanging when I make it the first time with like do I draw it out do I use like some design program on my iPad and I am more of someone that has to like be physically standing in front of it and like just start doing it and then it'll like the way that I finish things off will end up coming to me. Um, but I, I have had a few people that have, I've actually physically drawn it out. And there was one time that I took like a, a picture, I took a picture of something that I was starting and then I used like a little paintbrush in your phone to like kind of try to add what I was thinking I would do with the rest of it. And my friend was like, I have no idea what that looks like, but I think that you're going to do great. So it's fine. <laughs> Luckily, it was a friend who had trust in you, right? Yes, yes, exactly. So I have since then, I will, if someone wants me to like draw it out, I will draw it out on a piece of paper instead of trying to draw it on my phone because that's not the same. I don't have one of those little like stylus pens. And so it's just my finger is trying to make it work. And that's just, it's not the same. So how do you balance teaching your, your teaching, your workshops, your pop-up shops, your creative shops, your everything your etsy shop and doing your social media and then you said your admin work you have to pay the bills you have to make sure you order supplies you like your business cards make taxes all that stuff and be able to ship the orders out as well because i know some orders may need to be shipped out too yeah i actually just shipped one out today um i it's it's a lot it's like i work probably like 70 hours a week on my small business and it's like I don't, I do every like three weeks or so, I try to take off a day that I literally don't do anything related to my job or my other job. <laughs> I like try to take one day like that I'm not working at the restaurant and then I'm not working at 
Belarusco, which that was yesterday on Mother's Day. I didn't do anything. But, you know, of course, then last night my brain is going 100 miles a minute. Like, okay, well, what you really have to like use all of your time the next couple of days. Like, what are you going to do? What is your plan? And so that's where I started getting these little notepads that have like each hour blocked off on the day. And I've been writing down in each hour kind of like what I'm supposed to do doesn't always happen that way. I don't always get what I need to get done in an hour or an hour and a half that I've blocked off, but it helps me focus a little bit better on like what needs to be done. And there's some stuff that like I have considered trying to find someone else to do those things for me, um, like social media or uh, the admin stuff. I do have a friend that um, from back in Wilmington that she's like a, a small business consultant and she created a bunch of um, like lists for me on, on how to do my taxes and like where each thing goes in each spot. And so all I have to do is plug in a couple numbers and then I know exactly what I owe the state of North Carolina for taxes. And so like that has been a huge help for me because before it was just like, I was terrified that I was going to like mm -hmm. be fraudulent. Like, I don't know how to do this stuff. Like I don't have an accounting degree. I have, I have a psychology degree. Like I'm not supposed to do anything with numbers. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> so I, uh, it, it was, it's been really helpful that I have like that to kind of reel that stuff in for me. So you brought up focus. How do you stay focused? Because obviously you have to get tired working 70 hours a week. How do you stay focused to be able to get through? Okay. I got to get all these orders done. Well, something that really like really helps me just crank stuff out is already having the cords cut. So my mother-in-law, like that's when I, if I start cutting cords for a project that I'm doing, that's when I get super distracted and I like, whip out my phone and I'm like, well, let me just scroll through Instagram for a minute. And it ends up being like two hours later. And mm -hmm. if I'm physically standing in front of, I work off of a rolling rack. So if I'm physically standing in front of the rolling rack and I have all my cords in a, in a row and I, and really the checklist, like if I make a to-do list for myself and I'm like, okay, well you need to make two minimalist plant hangers in this color, two in this color, two in this color. And it's like, it's just so satisfying to be able to check something off of a list for me. So that's when I really can just get in the groove and start making a bunch of stuff. But I have started waking up a lot earlier than I used to, to try to like give myself more hours in the day to do stuff. And there's some stuff that I can do while I like sit down with my husband and like watch TV. And it's not like, I'm standing there with a rolling rack. Like I can work on keychains sitting down and stuff like that, like earrings. And, but the nice part about my rolling rack is I can put it anywhere in the house. So I can put myself in the living room in front of the TV if I wanted to watch something, or I can put myself out. If it's a beautiful day, I can put myself out in the sunroom and open the windows and maybe put a podcast on and just like sit there and, and work. And it's like, uh, I also have, I, I, tend to have like unrealistic expectations for how much stuff I can get done in a day or in a week. So I have had to learn that it's okay if I made, uh, if I wanted to make 12 of something and I was only able to make six, that's okay. 
I can, if some, if it runs out at a market, I can always hand them my business card and tell them, you know, I, I live locally here in Raleigh. So you can order something from my Etsy shop and it'll get there to you really quickly. Um, I also had to make a couple. So the smaller things that I make, like the earrings and the, and the plant hangers and stuff like that, they have a, a quicker turnaround time on my Etsy shop. So you can order that and it should be ready to ship the next day or the day after. The larger wall hangings, I do give myself a week, which I don't mm-hmm. always need a week, but that way the person that's shopping with me is under the impression that it could take up to a week before I ship it out to them. Um, so they're not freaking out about, or I'm not freaking out about making sure that I'm getting it out in like a day if I have a bunch of other stuff going on. So that's what I was going to ask you is how do you not get down on yourself for not completing your to-do list? Uh, it, sometimes I do. Uh, sometimes I, I get upset and I'm, I get frustrated and I'm like, how do I give myself more hours in the day? And like, my husband is really good at like saying like, no, you're not, you're not coming home from work at 1030 at night and standing in front of the rolling rack for two hours to work on stuff. Like, it will be okay. And that's where I'm like, no, it won't. I have to get it done. I have to get everything ready. And he's like, it's, it's going to be okay if you take a couple minutes for yourself or you take the, the rest of tonight, like take a long shower and get ready for bed, go to bed early and be well rested. And then you can get up a couple hours earlier than you normally would to get that stuff done. And that's like, that's what it is. Like I have to do that stuff instead of staying up like I did in college, like staying up all night working on a paper or something like that. Or even a few years ago, I would do something like that. I'd stay up super late. But I mean, as I'm getting older, I realize that like sleep is super important. (laughs) Uh, Being well rested is super important. And I've gotten a lot better at like waking up earlier and, you know, having a cup of coffee and working on stuff. As long as I don't spill the coffee on the macrame cord, we're all good. So you talk about when you make your plant hangers, you have to stand up on the rolling rack. So do you make one and then take a break or do you knock out a whole bunch? Because I can imagine it's got to be killer on your back for standing up for those long periods of time. So I have these really ugly um, runner recovery slides. They are not cute, but they help with my back so much. Um, So I wear those uh, while I'm standing in front of the rolling rack, but I will take breaks every now and again. And like I, uh, my husband and I just downloaded an, an app on our phone that's called like the steps app or something like that. So we've been like trying to compete with who can get to two th- to 10,000 steps a day. And so I'll take like a, a minute and get out of the, the room that I'm working on stuff and just take a walk around the yard with the dog or take a breather outside. It's really nice when I can do it out in our, our sunroom because I can open the windows and like have some fresh air coming through. And then I feel like I'm not just standing there working like super hard, but Mm -hmm. yeah, taking a good walk. And I need to be better about stretching because from years of being in the restaurant industry and picking up kegs that are way too heavy for myself and stuff like that, I do get some lower back pain. Um, But I found that standing and especially with these ugly shoes that I wear, (laughs) it's like, (laughs) it really helps my back with that. And I need to invest in one of those like um, really good mats that you can stand on. But the last time I went to like Bed Bath & Beyond or something, the one I was looking at was like $100. And I was like, really? One of these mats is $100? But I'm sure I could find one somewhere that's not that expensive. Have you tried maybe going to 
like a store like five below and get a yoga mat to stand on? That's a good idea. Cause you could like, I could even double it up and just um, stand on that. Okay. All right. Cause There's I mean, five below at the nearby. So maybe I'll go there and get one of those. I mean, cause yoga mats are supposed to be like hold a lot of stress and stuff. So, Hey, you know? Yeah, absolutely. It could hold me standing there for hours on end working on something. So most of the things that I make take just like uh, the stuff that I'll take to a market will take me anywhere from like 20 minutes to 45 minutes, depending on what it is that I'm making. But some of these like larger wall hangings that I make can be six to eight hours. And I am someone that does try to like complete something once I've started it. So there's been a couple times where I've had to like stop for dinner or take a break and realize that, okay, you've been standing here in front of this wall hanging for three hours now without drinking any water. So like take a minute and drink some water and come back to it in a little while. So it's, it's all about figuring out what I can get done and still enjoy it at the end of the day too. Cause that's, that's the whole, that's the whole point of starting this business was doing something that I really enjoyed doing. So I, I still enjoy it, even if even if it's a day where I'm standing in front of a rolling rack for ten hours, just like nodding all day, and my fingers are cramping. <laughs> I love that. Now we're gonna take a brief commercial break, and then we'll be right back, guys. Do you feel betrayed by life, your body, or by someone that you love? You are not alone, and you are not weak or overly emotional for feeling the way that you do. Betrayal is one of the most overwhelmingly painful experiences to navigate because it strikes at the core of who you are and what you are worth. No matter how gutted you feel, there is hope. You can flourish, not in spite of your experience, but because of it, I know. After 23 years of marriage, my world was shattered when I found out that my husband had been cheating on me with five different women for 15 years. I lost everything that day, my identity, my worth, and the future I had worked so hard to create. While it was a long and arduous journey back to myself, today I know who I am, what I want, and I am happier and more confident than I ever was before. I've got what I call naked self-worth, which is the ability to see know and love yourself for who you are, not for what you accomplished or for who you are in relation to others. No matter what has shattered your heart, if you're ready to get clear on who you are, what you want, and to learn how good life really can be, then life choreography is for you. Even if you feel too old or are too busy because you have kids at home and you're in charge of everything. Life Choreography is a comprehensive five-month, five-step program that empowers you to strip out of your labels, roles, and scripts, and to reveal yourself as you are, not as you think you should be. To learn more, go to NakedSelfWorth.com and download your free guide that shows you how to untangle yourself from the past. Reclaim your sexy and start re-choreographing life on your own terms so you can love and be loved for exactly who you most authentically are. 
And we're back. We're talking with Kat from Bella Ruth Co. And Kat, you talk about workshops. Now, when people go and take your workshops, that can be at the very beginning level of learning how to do macrame, right? Yes, absolutely. So um, my plant hanger workshop is definitely an introductory to macrame workshop. When I first started teaching workshops with Joy Worthy Co. with Lauren, um, she and I talked about doing a small wall hanging, and that's what I started doing was those. And we called them my intro to macrame uh, workshop. And then I had a friend, a fellow maker friend, that took that class and then took the plant hanger class when I offered it. And she said, Kat, you need to rework your intro to macrame because that class was way harder um, so I am currently restructuring right now. I've, I've only really been doing the plant hanger workshops, but I'm trying to come up with like a new style to do like an intro to wall hangings, macrame. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's one knot that just seems to trip everybody up in the class that I used to teach. So I'm, I'm going to do away with that for my new version of the wall hanging class. But Lauren and I have talked about um, hosting a like three-part series where you learn how to make a large wall hanging and you would like commit to coming to three classes in a row and you would finish and go home with like a large wall hanging. Um, But that would be something where someone would have to take the plant hanger workshop and then the smaller wall hanging one so that they could get introduced to those knots and then kind of like a 102 or 200 level courser whatever it may be, but the plant hanger one is definitely an introductory class. So what do they need to take a class? Though? So they just need to bring themselves. I provide everything else. I provide the rolling rack that you'll stand at and like the little hook that you'll put on the rolling rack to be able to affix your um, wooden ring to it. I provide those. And then I also cut all of the, well, My mother-in-law has been cutting all of the cords for me um, for those classes. So I'll have all of those ready to go, and they're all in, like, a nice little ball. I provide all of that for you in a cute little bag so that when you come, there's a little bag, and it's got my business card in it and a little thank you note from me um, in the little bag. And then I have – I usually set up a a large table that has all of my color options. So when you make a a plant hanger, um, the main, the bulk of it is going to be like a natural cream color. Um, But then the student gets to choose, there's a wrap knot at the top and there's a wrap knot at the bottom. And they get to choose the color that goes with the wrap knot. So I bring like the 17 color options that I have (laughs) and lay them out all, all out on a table. And when folks start to come in, I let them come up to the table and choose what color cord they're gonna use for their wrap. And then on the back side of the table is usually a potted plant. So they get to not only do they get to learn how to make the plant hanger itself, but they leave with a potted plant to go in their plant hanger. Oh, that's cool. Because most of the time you just make the plant hanger and they, you don't get a plant. Then you have to figure out, okay, what plant am I going to put in it? But you provide the plant. I love that. Yeah. You know, I just, I, I saw... I realized with a couple of the places that carry some of my uh, my plant hangers, especially the one that's up here, this one that goes on the wall, um, it kind of just looks, if it's just hanging there without anything in it, it kind of just looks like a small wall hanging. You wouldn't realize that, oh, I'm supposed to like put something in that. So at my a lot of the stores that carry my items, I suggested to them like, hey, you might want to like put at least one or two on display that have something in it. And then all of those stores were like, you were right, Kat. Like somebody want, they want to buy the completed item. They don't want to 
take it home and like have to figure out what they're going to put in it. They want to take the whole thing home. And so even with the larger plant hangers that I teach the class on, like I've had a couple places, they show it with a pot. There's one place that, um, that they also carry like some local ceramicists, some local potters, and they put the, one of their pots in the plant hanger. And they're like, look, you could, all you would need to do is go get yourself a plant and you have this beautiful wall or macrame from a local artist and it's a handmade pot from a local artist. So that's like a really good way. People really love to see the, the completed, mm-hmm. uh, the completed item. So that's why I decided with the plant hanger workshops that I wanted to provide a potted plant. Cause that's what I would want if I was going to take a workshop like that. Mm-hmm. Like it's a, and that's, it's a great deal too. Like the, the co- the price level of the class, the fact that you're getting a potted plant as well. It's like, it's, it's a sell for sure. Now let's talk about why it's important to support small businesses like yours, because a lot of people are like, Oh, there's just small business. Why, why should we, we, we should rather just buy from Amazon or we rather just go to Walmart and buy. Why well, because it- it's important for so many different reasons. It's important because it helps your local economy. So I am someone that lives here in Raleigh and my money, the money that comes to me from a customer is going to go straight back into the, the local economy. You know, I'm, I'm going to eat at the restaurants here in town. I'm going to buy from the small businesses here. It's, it's, it's all about like helping our local economy. And, and like, I also, I mean, we know that Amazon does do their charity work, but I try to pick a different, um, like I taught a plant hanger workshop on earth day and I planted a tree with each ticket sold. And Mm -hmm. like, and it's also, you know, like I'm a real person you you see me if you're buying from me at a market like you you literally see the person that you're helping support and you you're supporting my family and you're supporting my friends like being able for me to to treat my friends who have all these new babies to these beautiful like I don't know I like to buy them like I'm obsessed with buying baby clothes so like I like to go there's a local woman who makes uh baby clothes that I love to get little booties for my friends from and like I said, it's going right back into the economy here. And it's just, it's nice to help support my dream. Like I, this is something that I never really thought that I was going to be able to have something like this and have it be to the level that it's gotten to. Like I, I have a lot of imposter syndrome that happens to me. Like I am like, really like, people want to learn how to take this class. Like you want to talk to me on your blog. Like this is, it's, it's, it's crazy, but it's so amazing to be able to have something that is mine and I have created and I have built and it's my, my blood, sweat and tears. Like hopefully I'm not getting any of it on your macrame, but like it's, Mm -hmm. it's my, it's, it's me. Like, you know, it's not mass produced, I, sometimes I feel like I mass produce things and I'm standing in front of a rolling rack for hours on end, but it's not, you know, I mean, I, I put a lot of time and effort and, and I really want someone to have something like if someone's going to leave with something from my booth at a, at a pop-up market, like, or if they're going to leave with something that is in another small store in town, like I put a lot of thought and energy and love into that piece. And like, I want it to, I want you to love it as much as I love it. And you know, you don't get that with Amazon. You don't get that with target, even though, I mean, 
don't get me wrong. I love Amazon. I love Target. But like here I am, this this local person from Raleigh who's just trying to do something that's fun and also can help me pay some of my bills. I love that. Now, do you have, are you tempted sometimes when you're at these pop-up markets to go shop other businesses and say, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to go take a break and I'm going to go shop around and then you spend all your proceeds. <laughs> uh, yes, it is very hard. <laughs> it is so hard because we've also like, I've also become really, it's what's really been beautiful about this, this whole journey is that I've made all these new friends um, in this like makers group. Like we all work so hard. There's a lot of us that will over, we'll see each other at multiple different events and stuff. And, and just what I just said about wanting to support someone local and it's going back into the economy. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm spitting it right back out at some of these other like small businesses, these makers, like this path, it was really, it's really hard or not hard, but it's troublesome. This past weekend at my market, my mom came down to help me, which was awesome. I love having my mom come hang out with me. She's so cute. She, she'll be in the, the booth with me and she'll be talking to everybody that comes up and I'm, I get a little, I'm not a shy person, but I can get a little shy when someone, mm -hmm. it feels like a part of your soul is like out on your table when mm -hmm. you're trying to sell something that you've made and people are looking at it and like, they don't necessarily, I don't know if a lot of people realize that like, I hear uh, everything that you're saying when you're in my booth. So like, if you're like, oh, I could make that or like, oh, I've seen that somewhere else and it was like less expensive or whatever they might say, like it hurts. And, um, so, but having my mom there, my mom is like really good at like chatting with everybody. So I usually just don't say anything when people come into my booth, I'll be like, if you have any questions, just let me know. And my mom is like, so these are all plant hangers that you could switch out. Um, any of these potted plants here, you can switch them. They don't belong to the plant hanger that they're in. You know, you could also like fit larger pots in it. And my mom's just chatting all these people up and she's having this great time. But it also means that I have the chance to, number one, use the restroom, which I almost never do on a market day because I can't leave my booth. Number two, eat, which I also almost never do because there's never anyone to watch my booth. But the bad part is number three, I get to walk around and see who else is there. <laughs> and I end up buying something. This past weekend I bought, I was good, and I only got like two items instead of my usual um, I was at a market a couple weekends ago and I, I probably spent at least half of my proceeds just walking around, but it's fine. You're like, it's fine. It's going back in the local economy. It's fine. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know, it's fine. I don't have student loans, you know, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about you touched on the imposter syndrome and actually I kind of suffer from that too. And I, Lauren had to really talk me into doing the blogging classes as well, because I'm like, who would want to learn from me? And so how, how hard of a sell does she have to do with you? It was pretty hard. So we met at the loading dock, the main one uh, off of Whitaker mill. And uh, we sat there and we were talking for a little bit and we were, it, it came to the part where we were talking about like, um, how much time I would need and, and, and how much my materials would cost and how much to charge for the course. And the first number that I spit out, Lauren was like, no. And I was like, what do you mean? And she was like, that's way too low. So then I like, we talked about it. We discussed how much my time is worth and my knowledge is worth. And she just had to keep telling. And I kept saying like, are you sure? And she's like, cat, yes, 
you are good at your craft and people are going to understand that and they're going to realize that. And the people, those, the people that don't think that it's worth it, they're just not going to take your class. And I was like, Oh, okay. I mean, that's fair. They, you're right. They probably won't take my class. So just like the people who come into my booth and say, Oh, I could make that or whatever. Mm-hmm. They're not going to buy something from me if they didn't think that it was great, you know? So it was really hard to, uh, and I, getting up in front of a group of people and talking to them. I'm, I'm not introverted by any means. I'm a very extroverted person. So like doing those classes, I didn't think it was going to be terribly terrifying, (laughs) but the first one was definitely terrifying, like getting in front of people and like talking to them about my stuff. And I would be talking to them and I'm like, man, like, do I sound ridiculous or do they like, do I, I, I don't know. I just like was worried that people would think that I was crazy or full of it. And then they're mm-hmm. like, no, this is great. Like you're, you're really, I asked, I almost ask every single class that I teach for feedback. And um, unless they're like actually giving me feedback throughout the whole class. So I really do want to know how I can improve my teaching, how I can improve the class. Like if there's something else that they wish that they were given the option of, like if they, didn't want the colors that I got gave, like if I had different ones that I could offer, like, I really want to know what people enjoyed about the class, what could be done better. And I, I, what really helps is when people, what helps with the imposter syndrome is when people are like, no, that was really good. Like you explained Mm -hmm. that really well. It was really helpful when you like showed me how to do this knot. It was really helpful when you came over and just like cranked out a couple knots for me because I wasn't getting it. Like that, that happens sometimes. And that's when I kind of feel bad um, when I'm teaching a course and someone uh, is just not seeming to get one of the knots and it's really like getting hard for them. And I'm like, do you want me to do a couple? Cause that's my thing too. Is like, I want the people that take the class to leave with a product that they are proud of mm-hmm. and that they want to hang up in their house or that they want to give to someone because I'm not, I don't want to put anything out there at a market that I'm not proud of. So I would think that someone that would take my class would want to be going home with something that they're super proud of. So there's some people that have been like, no, Kat, you can totally just do this section for me. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) Has, has there been students that have taken the workshops, come back to you and said, Hey, I've made a couple more since then or anything like that. There have been a few that have made like more plant hangers. I had a husband and wife take my very first workshop when I taught a intro to wall hanging um, macrame workshop with Joy Worthy Co. And she sent me a message before the workshop and said, you know, I really love all of your stuff. Um, and I'm really interested in having like a large wall hanging for my house. Like, would I be able to take what you teach in this like small wall hanging class and ap- apply that to making my own large one? And I was like, you know, like the knots that I'm teaching you are the the core knots that you would use in any wall hanging. So it's really like you could create your own design from what I'm teaching you how to do. And so she and her husband took the class and she at the end of it was like, Kat, there is no way that I will remember how to do what you just taught me. And there is no way that I have the patience to try and make a large wall hanging. So I am definitely going to need your business card after this because I am going to have to buy something from you because I can't do it. And like, that was something, that was another thing that like when I taught my first workshop with Joy Worthy Co and I was talking to Lauren about it, I was like, 
what if I like, what if nobody wants to buy stuff from me anymore because they all learn how to make stuff? And she was like, no, I, I don't think that'll be a problem. And then it was, it was clear in my first class that it wasn't going to be a problem that people were still going to want to purchase, um, like large wall hangings from me and, and different items. And that's what's really nice about these workshops is, and the, the markets is that I can be like, yeah, I make these cute little small things, but if you're looking for a statement piece for your house, like that's my true love is making these large wall hangings. So just, uh, check me out. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And then plus two, they realize how hard and they value your work a little bit more too, because they realize how much work goes into making one. And of course now you've got Absolutely. it about that because you've been doing it for so long when you're just beginning, you know, it's rough, especially tying the knots and learning all the different knots. So, and making sure that they're all like fitting into place properly and that the it's all cohesive and like measuring to make sure that like if you have a knot in this spot and you also want it to be in this spot that they're on the same level. Like when you make a plant hanger, you like we do like the spiral knots at the top, which I always start every workshop asking if anyone ever made like hemp necklaces or friendship bracelets, because if you have, then you know a lot of these knots already it might be muscle memory for you when you like you might not think that you know it but as soon as we get started it'll be like oh yeah I remember how to do this um so we do the spiral knot at the top and then you have to do like connecting knots like with the cords you take like four and then you take another four and then you take the two from this one and the two from this one to like make a little cradle for your um your pot to go in and those knots it's important to get them like in the same spot and i find that even though that is the part of the plant hanger that takes me like me like a minute to finish that is what we spend a lot of time on in a class is making sure they're like dang this is like this is still off by like two inches like how do i fix this and so that's when i go around and i like try to help people figure out like what were you what what did you do that made this happen. That's something that I have to do a lot is like, if someone's, if I, if I see someone's doing something, I'm like, okay, I need to watch how you're doing this because I'm not sure how you made it look like this. <laughs> it's not what it's supposed to look like. And I'm not really sure how you got it that way. So let me just stand here and watch you. And then I can help correct and, and figure out like what step you were either skipping or you weren't sure on what you were doing. So it's been, it's been really cool because I've learned a lot of ways, like each workshop, I feel like I get better at describing how to do a step because there's someone in every class that I teach that does something. And I'm like, man, I haven't had anybody do that before or like mess that step up in that way. Like, let me figure out how I can better describe it so that someone's able to, everyone is able to understand what's happening. Cause that was something for me. Like when, um, I learned how to macrame when I was in Girl Scouts growing up and like my mom taught me. Um, but when I first started like really heavily making a lot of macrame stuff, I was watching a lot of YouTube tutorials. Um, my very first wall hanging that I made for a friend, I ordered a, um, PDF, um, pattern to like, to like kind of see, <laughs> take some things from that and take some things from like what I had in my brain. And like, cause there was one, one part of it that I was like, man, I know I've done this before, but I can't remember how I did it. So I guess I'm going to, I'm going to pay for this PDF so that I can like see what they said. And it is, it's hard to see something on paper and try to recreate it. Um, even when you have the most detailed descriptions of things, it's, it can be really hard. So it's a lot easier to like, 
like if I'm standing there and I'm if I'm watching someone do something and then they're like, well, let me watch you do it. It's it's a lot easier for a lot of people to learn how to do things if I'm standing there like doing mm-hmm. it with them. Yeah, it is. And you're a very visual learner. A lot of people are very visual. Like they'd rather see a, a video on it as opposed to reading about it, how to do it. Yeah. So I love that. Yeah, absolutely. So our Hands time, on learners. Yeah. Our, our time is almost up, Kat. Is there anything that little nugget that you want to leave people with? Oh, I just want to like be super, I don't know. I just really am so grateful to this community. Um, Raleigh, the greater triangle area, all of the makers that have t- opened oh, their arms and like welcomed me into this like group, all of the people that have helped me grow, like Lauren, who's introduced me to you and introduced me to like hosting my workshops. Like it's just great to to be able to grow and, and have this little, this little idea that I had during the pandemic become this little business that could potentially be my full-time job one day. So I just am very grateful and I'm very grateful to you to, for having me on today. Thank you for coming on Kat. Now tell people where they can find you at. So on Instagram, you can find me at uh, bellaruth.co. There's a period after the, the Ruth. Um, on Facebook, I am just Bella Ruth. And then um, on Etsy, you can find me at Shop Bella Ruth Co. Okay. And Kat, I really want to thank you for coming on. And guys, check her stuff out because it's gorgeous. She's beautiful wall hangings and plant hangers and beautiful macrame that I know I don't have the patience to deal with because my knots would not line up. So you have to have a lot of patience, right? <laughs> yeah, patience is pretty key. <laughs> So, guys, we will see you on the next chat from the Block Cabin. Bye. Thank you. I hope you really enjoyed this episode with Kat. I really enjoyed chatting with her. She was. She mentioned to me how nervous she was at the very beginning. And if you want to check out, I've started doing something on Tuesdays on Instagram on Chats from the Blog Cabin, where on Tuesdays I do a Tuesday testimonial where people talk about how nervous they are or what it's like to come on from Chats from the Blog Cabin and just to see the experience of how they feel. Um, Thank you so much for listening and being part of the podcast family. Please like, leave a rating or review wherever you listen to and be blessed. And remember, keep chatting.